Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the... uh... 10th of December, 2015, two weeks and a day till Christmas. Um, Thus, this is probably our second last show of the year. I think so, yeah. Okay, wow. It just goes by so fast. I know. Just like yesterday, I was warning people summer was going to end. And, well, apparently it did, and winter's coming. and, um, And it's been an interesting week. Some neat stuff's happened. I should introduce us. So that, that, that'd probably be, you know, fun to do. <laughs> this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. What do you think, Dave? Where do you want to go first? Uh, I think the, the the big story this week is Yahoo. You know what? Let's, let's start there. Um, you know, we got to. I mean, I, I, you, know, you, you got to talk about this. We talked about it last week. You know what, Jim? I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you take it because you you introed it. You you brought it up last week. Uh, it's a sad day, obviously, for uh, for those of us in the industry. What's what's going on with Yahoo? Well, don't you hate paying taxes? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. Okay. Here's here here's how this goes down. Yahoo is um, all but done as a search business. Yahoo Incorporated is certainly done as a search business. Not sure what happens to Yahoo itself because the board of Yahoo Incorporated um, earlier this week decided to spin Yahoo's core businesses off into its own comp- into their own company and to really become a holding company for shares in the Chinese search engine Alibaba. Now, 
Yahoo made um, $4.5 billion in revenues. It is, you know, it doesn't have the mega profits that Google or Facebook are showing or the mega profits Apple or Microsoft are showing, but it's still a profitable tech firm. Mm-hmm. So why would a company uh, valued at, say, somewhere in the range of $38 billion elect to parcel itself off like this? What and what's the reason? Its core components are worth, you know, somewhere between four to six billion dollars. Mm-hmm. All of the all of its businesses, its um, search technology, its uh, uh, online advertising technology, its banners, um, and all of that content is valued somewhere in the four to six billion range, depending on what someone's going to pay for it. Right. The shares it had at Alibaba, on the other hand, are worth about thirty-two million. I'm oh, sorry, thirty-two billion. Now, Yahoo's previous play, what what they were going to do, was sell those shares and use that money to refinance to finance a resurgence in the uh, in the search sphere. That's what that's what we understood Yahoo's uh, goal was. Right. Perfectly reasonable plan, except the IRS wasn't going along with it. Yahoo wanted to sell its shares in Alibaba and avoid paying taxes on the sale. The IRS said, no, that sale will cost you about $10 billion, leaving only about $20 billion, and a position where Yahoo shareholders would be taxed twice on, you know, they'd lose a third of the monies that 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 was going to be gained by uh, selling the shares, and they themselves would be taxed on it. Right. So the shareholders, the largest shareholders, got together and uh, this week pulled the plug. So the decision was to hold those shares because they are the greater they are the the asset of greater value to the shareholders themselves. Alibaba is not going down. In fact, Alibaba is amazingly successful. The rest of Yahoo goes to whoever wants to buy it, basically. Right. And it's going to be very big. Listen closely, friends. That may be the last time you ever hear that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, and and it is unfortunate. I think everybody in a in a in a weird way every every listener we have who and, and you know i i know you're included i'm included in this who runs a company where you understands that pain that that yahoo was facing in that one where yeah you bring in a dollar and it's like well first my company has to pay a tax on it and then when i take it out now i'm paying an income like a personal income tax on right like you get that double hit, so I can yeah. um, I can sympathize. It makes sense as part of the process. At all, you know, we understand why it is that way. But when you're dealing with a, a volume of money like that, it's certainly understandable why they went that route. What do you think? What do you think? Who's who's buying? We we kind of talked a little bit about it um, last week. But what do you think when they're when they're splitting it up like this? Okay. What are they going to do? I think there's two obvious buyers out there right now. Um, one is AOL. The mm-hmm. other is uh, is um, IAC, like Barry Diller's operation, right? Um, that's a it's a tough one. Um, Yahoo has you know Yahoo Finance, Yahoo Sports, Yahoo News, Yahoo um, content on virtually anything under the sun. 
AOL is a content company. IAC is a content slash deals offers company. You know, mm -hmm. IAC offer uh, has the travel businesses and the um, uh, bookings businesses and such. I don't know where it's going to go. To be honest, um, I think there are there's so much that w that is slash was Yahoo. It's really hard to say. Where does the technology, the patents? Yahoo owns all those Alta Vista patents, which means they have all those. Uh, what was that Norwegian search firm? Uh, fast search and transfer. They have all those patents. Where do they go? Right. Well, and that is a big question. What do you reckon? Um, you know what, I, I think, I don't think there'll end up being one final, like one company that comes in and buys the whole thing, right? I think like if I was Yahoo, I would, I would split it because you can, you know, probably get a better value because each piece is going to be um, applicable to different groups. I could even see Google picking up components of it. I think they couldn't grab the search component because they're going to, that's just going to be an antitrust nightmare. Um, but, you know, if they did come in and go, you know what, like if they realize what I realize hey, Yahoo Finance is better than ours. <laughs> like, okay, I could see them purchasing something like that. Um, but I think you're totally right on the, on the content side. Um, to me, my, like if I had to pick the first guess, I'm going to go AOL. Um, you know, just because it, it looks like it would work so well. Um, but, I mean, you know, could IAC pick up components of it too? Sure, they could. And then, I mean, who knows? There might even be just, you know, companies out there that we don't even think about or, you know, know about right now. Um, you know, they just sort of step in and we'll go, oh, no, I guess you had $8 billion. <laughs> you wanted a new, a new thing. Um, so it's, it's going to be really, really, um, it's going to be really interesting. I think, a, I think, you know what, it's, it's in a weird way. The writing was on the wall. Uh, to me, it's almost like a, like a GeoCities moment where it's like it had to happen, right? But it's like, oh, but, but that's kind of sad. <laughs> like, um, the end of an era kind of thing, but it, it does need to happen. And, you know, and I'm, I'm hoping that things like those patents um, are going to go to, to proper and, and good use in somebody else's hands um, rather than this death spiral that uh, the Yahoo's been on since, really, since they turned down Microsoft um, on the deal. Yeah, and, then, and those are like the pre-Marissa Mayer days. Yeah. Um, I don't think she can get blamed for this. This 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 shouldn't be left sitting on her doorstep. I mean, I know I made fun of her in print recently, her secondary and tertiary uh, shoe closets, but which is where I understand she keeps Yahoo's AI. <laughs> it was nailed down, you see. Um, and uh, <laughs> but I, I honestly, I, I don't think it's going to be laid at her doorstep. Um, I don't think she is one of the most capable technologists, like ever, and. Um, I don't think there was anything she could have done to save the company. Well, I mean, this is, I mean, you, you called it and, um, you know, in her sort of defense of sorts, it is a sort of, it's a tax issue. <laughs> like the, the war chest is there for her to actually go and try and build this up again. But I mean, the, the shareholders, everybody's making the right call there. You can't just lose, you know, 20, 30% of, you know, 30 billion dollars um just to do that right i mean the, the roi not going to be even, even if they were going to retain that extra 10 billion if you were a shareholder given yahoo's track record and the the ground in front of it would you want anybody even one of the most capable technologists ever would you want them gambling with that money because that's the last core asset 
right uh, beyond the beyond the technology they hold. Yeah, you bring up a valid point. Would you rather just go? No, I think what probably would have would have um, been a better move there is just take some out. You know, build it up a bit for sale, like prep it. Just just prep it. Like right now, um, you know, if you have eight billion sitting in the bank, you can probably get a lot of these assets. You can probably get a great deal on a lot of these assets. Whereas if you know Yahoo is in a better position to sort of maneuver themselves prior to sale and and hold and and wait things out a little bit more and um, you know make them they you know stage their engine or whatever. Um, you know, I, I think they could get more out of it than they're going to at the same time, you know, getting it. And it's not like this is going to be fast. I mean, you know, it's going to take a year, a couple of years, maybe, um, to get all of this dealt with. Obviously this isn't an overnight, okay, we're pulling the plug and, you know, tomorrow we're going to be finding out, you know, where everything's going. You know, this is a long drawn out process to, to sort of shut down something of this size, but, um, it's, it's a sad thing, but it is necessary. My my big interest, of course, is is search. Like, what are they going to do with that? Um, who's that going to? Um, who are those patents going to? Because that's going to be neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I think that's the part I'm most interested in watching, but that's just because of what we do for a living. You know, I, I, I can't figure this out. There's the, other, there's the other strategy they could have taken. I don't know how expensive this would be, but, you know, I'm, I'm just a dude from Toronto. But why couldn't they have taken that $20 billion? And, you know, seriously gone lean and mean and invested in an R&D center and created a time machine and gone back to the time when Microsoft was offering them all that money and just take the damn offer. That would have been the best value for shareholders. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you know Microsoft was interested. Hey, they got pennies on the dollar if they want that uh, want that again now. So Did Microsoft dodge a bullet when uh, Yahoo turned them down? <sighs> You know what? I, I'm going to go with a yes, but not. I, I don't think it would have been bad for Microsoft to have just acquired them. Um, you know, I think Microsoft would have managed and, and handled it a bit better. Um, you know, and and they would have been a, a bigger, more solid entity all the way going through. But I think it's it's a big win for Microsoft because if they still want it, <laughs> pennies on the dollar, right? Pennies on the dollar. Um, you know, they were. I can't remember what it was, but they were. I know they were in the many, many billions of dollars at the time. Thirty-one. I remember correctly, it was like forty-seven billion or something they were offering somewhere yeah. in that now, you, now you can get the whole kit and caboodle for eight minus Alibaba, right? Like, oh, yeah. So I, I think that's you know a but, win for them. That's for sure. But you know, um, having Yahoo gone from the search landscape is well, you know, it's a big deal right now. A year from now, two years from now, will we even notice? It'll be like an ask. Remember when Ask.com went down and it was just, you know, one day it was there, the next day um, they were turning it into a search engine targeting their biggest demographic, which happened to be housewives in Tennessee or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, was- you're right. And, and now you just sort of go, oh, okay, but, you know, you don't notice them missing from the landscape. So it, it, you're probably right. It will just be that way. And the fact is they were drawing other people's results anyway. So it didn't much matter. Um, I think the only thing that would make a massive difference to the landscape obviously will be if Google can somehow get their hands on it. And that'll just be a market share jump, right? Like that would just, I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't even know how that could happen. I mean, if I get to pick, 
Um, I, I would love to see them come out of the woodwork and have like dog pile by them or something. <laughs> just, just come out of nowhere. <laughs> all, all that money Magellan and Northern Lights have been sitting on all these years. It's about time they started spending it, eh? Exactly, exactly. Okay, um, we're getting we're cutting close to break time. Um, we're going to come back. We're going to be talking about a, a couple of things. Um, Facebook is open so open sourcing its AI, sort of getting in on the getting in on the trend. Uh, Momentology published forty four SEOs and their predictions for um, twenty sixteen. Oddly enough, we didn't all contradict each other. <laughs> and I want to. I really want to talk about. Um, Accelerated mobile pages, um, Google's new Google's new darling. They're promising ranking bonuses, friends. You know what that means, don't you? But we can't <laughs> talk about any of that until we take this commercial break. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology at webmasterradio.fm. Stick around. We've got a lot coming up after the break. We'll be back after this short break. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. You know what that song makes me think of, Dave? What's that, Jim? Open source software. (laughs) They came upon a midnight clear, so you could just look into it and peer into it and see what it really was. Isn't that cool? It is, indeed. I love Christmas. 
<laughs> yep, open source software and Christmas, hand in hand. Hand so, in hand. Um, okay, that was a crappy segue, but it could have worked. I'm I'm loving this. The story that you fed me just before we went on air. Facebook open sources its AI hardware in a race with Google. Awesome. A couple of things. Um, one, what is this race with Google that Facebook is in? And two, why is it around open sourced AI? Uh, well, this one's an interesting one. And for our listeners, I mean, we'll remember, um, you know, Google open sourced basically the software um, behind um, – you know, sort of their their AI, not the complete package. You know, obviously they have stuff going on with Rank Brain that they weren't dumping out to the rest of the world. But um, you know, the the core they gave away. Um, now here we've got a, a slight difference where we've got Facebook giving away the hardware. Like basically, here's the hardware template that we are using. Um, interestingly, heavily heavily intensive on GPUs. Um, so these are graphic for. For listeners who don't know, that's a graphical processing, and basically it's a video card. I mean, these the ones they're using are not ones like we would use as a video card. Um, but basically, it's significantly, <laughs> significantly faster um, than RAM. It, like, it, it processes at, at incredibly high speeds. Um, and they've got tons of them in there. Anyways, they've given away their hardware architecture, um, where Google was giving away the software architecture. And, and it, really, it is a race... <clears throat> For brain power. I mean, the, the number of people, or, or at least, you know, this is my interpretation anyway, the number of people who are experts in this field um, of, of AI development is small. <laughs> like, there, I mean, you know, there's, there's, you know, a good chunk of them, but, um, you know, relative to virtually any other technology, um, the number of people that can work on a level that would be useful to Google or, or Facebook is really just a handful. Um, and it is a race for their brains. Um, and so this is a way that Facebook or Google can really access people who might be working at Stanford or might be working at, you know, in, in a computer lab at, you know, some, you know so, in different tech companies. I think this is their way of, of getting their information out of them. So, so basically, you want to get the cool kids in the yard to come over and play, give them cool <laughs> toys. Sure. Who didn't? We, we, you know, who did you go play with when you were a kid, right? That's a great analogy. <laughs> and you wanted to play with the one with the Dukes of Hazard car, right? Like, okay, this is taking us back, right? I'm <laughs> dating myself there, but, um, you know, that's the one I want, right? You, you want the one with the cool, yeah, the cool toys, right? Like the, the first kid who had a ColecoVision was the coolest kid. <laughs> and that's the one you wanted to be your friend. Um, so that's a great analogy, and that's exactly what they're doing. And it's a great way for them to also be putting this technology in people's hands to see what happens in the world, right? Like what happens when we're just putting this in for applications of the technology we wouldn't have predicted, right? We wouldn't have thought up, right? Like, you, you know, we all do. You've got your corporation or, or you've got your purpose and, and you're trying to accomplish a task. Now, all of a sudden you give away that technology and go use it for whatever you can dream up you're setting up a, a very, very different environment as well, where now all of a sudden you may find out, oh, this is super useful for this, or where somebody else hits a different challenge because they're trying to accomplish a different task and pushes the technology far, far further um, than you ever would have because you didn't put it in that same uh, same environment where it was necessary, right? Sort of necessity uh, is the mother of invention. Uh, sort of angle of things. So I, I really think it's interesting, and I can only imagine that there's a bunch of developers right now going, Google's given us this, the code. 
you know, Facebook's just given us the hardware. I, I want to know how many people are already like ordering the bits and pieces for this <laughs> just to, uh, you know, dump Google's code in there and go, okay, now we've got sort of a, a dream machine of, of AI. Um, you know, you know, Google's engineers are tearing this apart already to see who's doing it better. Mm-hmm. That's thing. So, um, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's really, really interesting. Not nothing about, um, what I, you know, what I know of the, the, the technology that they're using. None of that's really, really surprising. But of course, I don't, you know, like that they're using GPUs. Yeah, that's not surprising, right? Like that, this is the fastest thing. A lot of encryption um, goes through GPUs too, just for its for its significantly faster processing. But um, you know, it's it's going to be really really interesting to see what comes of the next. In case you couldn't tell, I'm super excited because I think this is a very very exciting time. Um, well, so- and, and that's the question that has to be asked: is what's next? Um, like like you said, Dave. Uh, Opening this up to, you know, anybody who has the skills and the the, the the knowledge to use it means some of the most creative and curious people in the world are going to get the rudimentary brains at their at their fingertips. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's kind of a segue into the momentology piece, uh, which you and I both both uh, wrote opinions for. Yeah, um, and this was actually. You know, it was a very easy prediction to make. I think because of these new uh, ventures into AI, analytic marketers are going to come up with new ways of looking at digital traffic. I was about yeah. to say web traffic or search traffic, but you know, it isn't. It web traffic isn't a descriptor anymore. It's now digital traffic. Um, and yeah, it's, we're gonna we're we're going to have. Well, I'll go with the example I used in the Momentology article. You remember when Target outed that uh, teenage girl to her family? Yes. yes you know how is. they did it? I can't remember all the details, I'll be honest, but I, I do know it was, yeah, they were basically profiling. It was done by one guy, one human, who um, a marketer, who discovered that by um, looking at products that women who, you know, were, were Target loyalty members and had signed up for their baby registry. He looked at what they would normally purchase and didn't take him long to extrapolate that uh, women who buy similar things over and over and over again are are themselves likely pregnant, and a direct mail campaign was born. Now, again, that was one marketer using a human brain just had this intuitive um, thought. Well, Mm -hmm. if these pregnant women are buying these products, then women who buy these products may well be pregnant. Imagine taking all the data that Facebook and uh, Instagram and Twitter, etc., deliver about us as individuals and pouring that into AI. Oh, yeah. No, it's a, it's a, I mean, it, it's a frightening, but exciting. Like as a marketer, you know, we're, we're kind of left salivating, right? Going, okay, this is brilliant. If, if um, you thought your job was getting boring, I assure you it's about to change radically. <laughs> well, and I mean, the thing is, one of the perks, and we were talking about it last week, about, um, you know, some of the, the boosts um, in sort of um, online sales um, that just sort of it was a turning stone this year. Yep. Um, and part of that, like, part of me is excited as a marketer, of course, where it's like, okay, we have access to more information and we have access to more sophisticated uh, methodologies at the same time as just some guy who gets marketed to, I like it. 
<laughs> like I do. I like the marketing that's coming at me now. Um, that's based on stuff I like because I'm seeing stuff that I like. Like <laughs> when I'm being, you know, clearly Facebook knows that I like Star Trek because you know who's getting a bunch of Star Trek stuff dumped at them all the time? Me. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's like, okay, good. Right. I mean, that's the simplest, too. I mean, that's if somebody went in and figured and went, you know, people who like Star Trek, you know, we're going to funnel our ads to them. You know, that's the simplest form. Um, but you're taking that target example and going, yeah, no, that's a, that's a great um, example of, you know, and take that to the nth degree. Um, of of the sophistication that we'll we'll soon have and will be marketed to in the same capacity and you know it is I like it like I like the way that marketing is is hitting me and of course as a marketer um, I like it both for its efficiency. So this uh, uh, I, I was going to use this as a segue into 2016 predictions, but I'm uh, going to use this for a different one altogether. Guess whose extraordinary, wonderful, and super special girlfriend got advanced screening tickets for Star Wars? I'm going to guess yours. Yeah, Shauna <laughs> came through with. Uh, well, Cisco came through for Shauna um, on uh, at 8 a.m. on uh, December 18th. Several hours before all those lined up people lining up around the block get to see it. I'm going to be watching Star Wars, so. Uh, yeah, well, I'm afraid that's that's the day after our last show of the year. So next yeah. Friday, the week tomorrow, eight a.m. I'm watching Star Wars, and uh, you guys aren't. Ha <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> ha. All right. You know what? If we weren't doing a podcast right now, I'd just hang up on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I predict that that everybody listening is going to have seen Star Wars by the nineteenth, so it'll be a moot point by the twentieth, eh? <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. So let's, I guess, you know what, let's talk, let's talk 20. So we're talking about futuristic stuff here. Let's, well, unless you got another story, let's jump right in. We had, you're right, there were 44, I, I, I hate wording it this way, but it's it's the way the article goes, you have 44 experts voice in, and it, it seems sort of self-serving when you're one of those people, and so was I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So let's start. Go. Like, what were your predictions? And it is interesting that there really wasn't. There's. We all talked about things differently, but there wasn't actually a lot of stepping on each other. Like, um, you know, we all sort of synced up on on stuff. What What are you seeing coming up uh, through next year? Well, for me, the big thing, and I, and we're going to be talking about this in the next segment if if we actually have time to. Um, again, is um, AMP um, accelerated mobile pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, a new a new way of coding for uh, specifically for mobile to make things go a lot faster on uh, on smaller small screen devices. And, and again, Google says we're going to give a ranking boost for it, but I want to save that for the last segment because <laughs> we've heard this one before. Um, that's the number one. The number one thing for me has got to be AMP. Um, moving into just trying to find my name on this log list. Um, user experience, and, I, and this again goes in with mobile. How to say this? You remember the early days of web design when uh, we started doing all that eye tracking to see where people were going on web pages? Yeah, the golden triangle. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we discovered the best place to put the uh, buy button, the best place to put the call to action, the best place to put, you know, the footers and how – this, this is how websites that look as they do today evolved. 
because, you know, in the early days, it was a hell of a lot of experimentation. And the successful designs continued on. The less successful ones petered out. You don't see a lot of left-side navigation anymore, for instance. Um, the same thing is happening in the mobile world, except it's accelerated because Google wants it that way. <laughs> we, we live in a Googleverse now, and there's not a lot of time for experimentation. Um, Google is, you know... How to say this? Um, Google's pushing. Google's pushing the design, the web design community and the SEO community to push the web design community into adopting uh, very user-friendly or very uh, clear user experience um, pages and sites. And woe be the web designer or IT expert who doesn't listen to them. Well, indeed. And isn't it funny that we need to be pushed by Google in that? I like that basically Google's going, hey, and if you can speed up your mobile pages, um, we're going to give you a ranking boost. All of a sudden, well, I know we will be getting to it later, but it's like all of a sudden this comes on our radar and, and it becomes an issue. And it's like, but what you've just said is we've got a technology. It'll make your site faster on mobile. I, I shouldn't need to have Google <laughs> tell me there's a ranking boost to go, well, that's inherently better. Like, my users are going to like that. Uh, so but you also got to remember, Dave, like over the last year, over the last couple of years, since uh, the mobile revolution, what we're going kind to of call that for 2000 and, 2009 or so, this yeah. serious rise of, of mobile as a, a channel on the, uh, of the web. Yeah. Um, marketers made a serious hash of it. Think of the autoplay ads that run your batteries down. Oh, yeah. Or um, uh, interstitial ads, um, which are annoying enough on a website where you have a mouse that, you know, it's easy to, to make the click to close the interstitial. But with, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm all thumbs on my phone, right? Oh, yeah. You got these big fat fingers trying to, like, move screens around. And, yeah, sometimes they're, like, too big for what you've even got, right? They, and, you can't even get it to a spot where you can click the X to close it. So from Google's point of view, what's the point of promoting a page like that? Why send a user to a page that's just going to annoy the heck out of them? When there's several other pages that provide the answer just as adequately as the, as the one that annoyed them. Yeah. Yeah, well, do you ever have, and I, I assume you do, where you're like, and there's this great quote, and I really want to be able to credit it to the person who said it, but I can't remember who that person was because I was just having a conversation with them. This was at, uh, I believe, State of Search. But one of the, and, and we're talking about it now, um, and it's funny, he wasn't making it as a prediction for 2016, but we were just talking about SEO and, and approaches and things like that. The The angle that he was taking was basically, um, why are we trying to optimize for Google? Because we've got Google building right now to try and optimize for humans. So why are we now trying to optimize for an engine that is itself trying to be more like a human? Right? Like, <laughs> and so it's like, basically, we just go direct to the source. Everything that is for that person, do that because that's what Google's trying to get at. Now, of course, that simplifies. We as SEOs have been doing this long enough to know. There's differences here. <laughs> yeah, you got two readers. One is a bot. The other is uh, as many thousand humans as you can get. Exactly. Um, but the idea is right. Is you know when we're talking about something like why should I have to be told by Google that making my page faster is good? <laughs> like, 
I shouldn't. I should just go, it's better for mobile. And so, and I have, you know, and I want mobile visitors. So it's inherently something that I need to look at. Well, I agreed. And, um, you know, why, why webmasters need to be told by Google, you know, it's, it's about the user. They're the, but that's, you know, I but you know what? You know, this also could be food for thought. This could be Google doing us a solid because now we don't have to pitch our clients. <laughs> we can go, here's what Google said. <laughs> we don't have to go in and go, I know, like, I'm trying to, like, make you spend money just for, you know, something that may or may not be true or, you know, somebody likes their own website. So it's like, well, it doesn't matter. I don't need to change it, right? I like my site. But you're like, no, you need to change your site. Well, now Google's actually just given us something. Hey, here's the link where they said, um, we need to do this. And who knows? Might, might be as simple as that. <laughs> They're trying to help us make the argument um, to help them and and to help our clients. Okay, so um, same question back to you. What what do you see coming in uh, 2016? Um, I think a, a lot of what I'm seeing, and you know what I think, you, and I, I think all of us are, um, is a, a move away from a direct. How does this thing rank on this day in this place, right? Like the, the idea of, you know, a specific rank, don't get me wrong, organic traffic's, you know, always going to be important um, and it'll still be an important metric, but it, it is getting, I think we're going to see that turning point uh, where like, ranking reports have been diminishing for ages and I think they basically become useless. Now, that's not to say rankings aren't something to chase after. Um, and that organic traffic is, is something to be ignored. No, far from it. Uh, you know, obviously I wouldn't say that. I'm an organic SEO. Um, but the idea, the, the way we've been approaching things or, or the way a lot of it's been being looked at, I think it's just, it's the final nail in the coffin. We've all been moving away from it. But I think we're going to see that, that finally just sort of tip over to where what we're looking at is presence. Um, what we're looking at is the global metrics. We're not going to be able to chase as much an individual metric again we've been seeing this for a while but i think this is going to be that year that 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 finally tips over and i think more more and more it's funny because i the way i worded it um is actually based on the fact that i was just reading the quality raiders guidelines so that sort of influenced the way i was writing it but with the focus on what i refer to in the article as the main content and i referred to it that way because that's the way the quality raiders um guideline words it but making sure that that main content area and the main content could be anything. Like if you're on Pinterest, the main content's a picture, right? Like not defining what main content is, but that you're, we're seeing it with like interstitials causing problems, you know, that sort of thing, you know, ad space causing problems. Um, what we're seeing is what Google wants is when I land on a page, the purpose for me to land there, can I get to it quickly and easily D regardless of device? Can I get to what I'm there to do? quickly and easily. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think there's going to be a big, big push into that um, as a ranking signal. Like that's why it's in the quality raters guidelines. I mean, this is, it's, it's in there, not so that they can go, Hey, we'd love to have people hand rating every single page on the web. Nope. They want to automate <laughs> the process of figuring that out. Um, so they, it's referred to over and over again. So that's definitely, definitely going to be um, going to be in there. I think one of the things, and it was talked about a ton at State of Search, and I'm incredibly interested in it. Um, so maybe I'm biased by my interest, but I think we're going to be looking a lot more, especially on mobile. Um, we're going to be looking a lot more at different ways of getting different information into different places. Like just the idea of an organic result 
is different now when we've got featured snippets up at the top giving us the answer for what the weather is or giving us the answer for what a definition is. Um, so I think our approach to what we need to do and where we need to be is is very different now, um, where we can't just look at, our, am I number two? Well, I might be number two, and it might be better to be number one, but I might be number two and also have the featured snippet defining what the question was uh, or what the answer was. So um, you know I, what? I that, that happened to one of my publishing clients, and I'm telling you that they're getting their biggest long tail traffic off that snippet. And isn't that isn't that great? Right? Like that, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's great for authority. Like when you are that authority, um, like I can only imagine that not only is that helping them for traffic, I'm betting that that's also helping them for conversion rates because it's going to reinforce that you're the authority. You might not even get clicks for it, but there's your name. I'm viewing it very similar. Um, and I, I was it? It was it was years ago, um, but I remember 360i came out with their their studies, and they'd done a massive study on hey, and when you're showing up in paid, even if you're not clicked in paid, it actually has an impact on your um, conversion rate organically because you're getting that authority. Your name's basically appearing twice on a page, and I think we're going to see a lot of that, and it's going to be difficult to measure because you may not get a click in a featured snippet because you might be answering the whole thing, but there you are, like there's your name, and you know big bold letters um, and then the next search later as, as things start to refine um, and as the user starts to move in different directions there you know there's that authority and how do we tie these things together we're gonna have to figure it out we're gonna have to figure out how to tell that that brand um, how that branding is impacting things but inherently you know it's gonna be good everything old is new again in marketing it seems um, there was this old saying years ago that a uh at least uh, around around uh, print in newspapers. At any rate, a uh, potential customer would have to see your advertisement twenty six times for it to sink in and become, you know, uh, just part of their frame of reference. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same phenomenon in the search engine results. Eh? It is. It is. Uh, you know, who my one of my favorite ones uh, from here. Um, was on the and it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't from me obviously but um, one of the important things to note is basically the way the way it's being worded is Google's your enemy now it's not Google's your enemy that's Barry gotta be Barry okay <laughs> uh, but the idea was is that somebody's in a store they're on their mobile phone you might even be spending you know it doesn't it doesn't matter to Google all Google wants is that user back at Google. So they're perfectly happy to be feeding that user who's in your store with their phone. They're happy to be feeding them your competitor's pricing uh, at any time because they need to be more useful. Um, so, and I thought that was an interesting angle uh, and an interesting way to look at it. Uh, My mistake, by the way, that was Ammon Johns. He's right. And Dave, I'm sorry, we're getting flashed by studio. We got to take a break, but I want to keep talking on that line. Let's do it. I, I'm sorry to cut you off like that, but uh, I can see them getting desperate down in Fort Lauderdale. Take a break, take a break! I blame Brown. That was Ammon Johns, Internet Marketing Consultant. Without it, without, oh, hmm. Okay, friends, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and listening to Web College and Webmaster Media.fm on the 12th of December, or the 10th of December, 2015. Stick around, we'll know the date after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break.
Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 14th Annual Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is February 15th, 2016. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 14th Annual Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your entry today at iacaward.org. That's iacaward.org. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Joey's Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. It is, honest to goodness, the 10th of December. 2015, second last show of the year. Yeah, Dave, I didn't. I'm sorry, I had to cut you off. You were talking about something Ammon Johns uh, said about Google being your rival. You know, <laughs> we, we we think we work in the Google universe, and that you know Google's our partner in all this. But you know, and this, there's been this debate in in all the throughout the history of SEO: are the search engines our partners or our rivals? Um, besides giving you like Christmas gifts once in a while, does Google really care about you? <laughs> no. And you know what? The, the fact is they shouldn't. Um, what both of us should care about, and, and again, this oversimplifies every time. We're both trying to serve the exact same person, right? We are. The user, we want them as a customer, um, and Google wants them to find what they're looking for. We both actually have the same mission. Um, it's just... How is that mission accomplished um, that ends up becoming um, where the – and I mean, you know it. This is where the battleground is and where, yes, we have some, some problems with them, um, where sometimes it actually doesn't – our interests and theirs don't match up. Um, 
you know, mainly because they don't care, right? They, they are a behemoth. Um, and they, they have no interest in my business, nor should they. Um, but that does cause, I, I think that's where that conflict is or where they're telling us to do something very, very specifically and their technology hasn't caught up. I mean, how often have you seen that over the, the last, I don't know, 15 years where it's like, you know, paid links are bad, you know, go back about eight years ago, they were saying paid links are horrible, right? We're going to ban you for that. And you would look at your competitors backlinks and go, Oh, and I got to keep telling my client not to do it. <laughs> like, and, uh, so I think that's where the, the biggest one comes in. But I, I do think they're getting better. The relationship in a weird way, I think, is getting a bit better um, where the technology is matching. I mean, you know, wouldn't it be nice for Matt Cutts if he was back now where their technology actually is kind of starting to match I'm a little better with what they're saying? Um, you know, albeit I, I don't like their spokespeople quite as much as I like Matt, but um, you know, it's still at the end of the day, I think it is getting a little better, but the point, um, that I think he's making and it is right is remembering that they don't care. What that means is I always need to be the best answer, right? And at the end of the day, that's it. Yeah. If there's a better answer, Google trying to serve their user is going to give them a better answer. If I'm not the best option, if I don't have the best blue widget at the best price, yeah, Google's going to tell them where that best blue widget at the best price is. So my responsibility then is to always have the best blue widget at the best price or have some value option um, add-on that makes me more attractive and more competitive. So I, I think that's where it comes in, and we need to view it like that. Google's not really an enemy. Google doesn't care. Um, and I need to constantly be my best, like as a, as a business, like I don't mean me personally, I try to be, you know, because we all should. Uh, but as a product owner or as a, as a marketer, your job is to actually always just be the best and you need to be the best because Google's going to be trying to give the best and that's their job. So I think it's, it does come out into a, in an adversarial scenario. Um, and it's, it's going to force us all to, to really, to really push ourselves. Um, at the end, you know, one of the, one of the great, uh, one of the pieces or um, parts that I really like comes from I don't know, your friend of mine, Bill Hartzer, uh, when he was talking about social as well. And I think that was something that, you know, we, we've talked about it over and over and over again over the, the last few years. Does social impact rankings, right? I mean, that's been, you know, and Moz will come out and say, you know, yeah, there's a connection. And it's like, okay, there's a correlation, a causation, that sort of thing. Uh, but he does bring up the point in his predictions, your website won't rank if it's not liked by real people. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, it comes back to that. Like, he's talking about it in response to social signals. So in his prediction, social will be. Um, a, an important factor, but you know what? We talk about it over and over again, and it's covered in those predictions over and over and over again is at the end of the day, does it even matter? Um, like whether it actually is a metric used by Google, whether AMP is a metric actually used by Google, if real people like your stuff, that's inherently good. <laughs> so it's something you should be chasing, whether it's a ranking signal or not. To me, it does make perfect sense that Google would use it because what more could they possibly want than to know humans like your product or humans like your website or content? I agree. Bill's a smart guy, by the way. <laughs> he knows a thing or two. I think he's been to this rodeo once or twice. Well, you know, you know what Bill excels at? Promotion. Bill is an uh, unrepentant promoter. <laughs> he's brilliant at it. Yeah. Um, remember, remember the uh, Matt Cutts has joined Global Runner joke? <laughs> uh, he released it two days before April Fools. Yeah, and you know, he 
that worked so well, it went so viral that Google even went to Matt Cutts for comment on it. <laughs> for real. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Um, uh, okay. I, I do want to talk about AMP, and I'm, I'm going to try to fit some in towards the end, but I, one last thing I want to talk about in the um, Momentology piece, the uh, SEO trends for 2016, mm-hmm. the number of time the words brands were mentioned. Are we entering? Has... Um, Google's uh, 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 changes made it a brand, 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 brand world. Yes. Are, are brands uh, like I so think. big they can't fail on search? Um, I don't think they are in that context. I think there are certain advantages to brands, of course. Um, but I think there's there's a lot of room um, to, you know, there's a lot of room to grow. It's sort of, you know, does, do, does Google favor YouTube videos and video search? I don't actually think they inherently favor their own videos. I think that would be like a nightmare, but I think it's part of a massive engine and those ones are just stronger because more people watch them, more people link to them. It's a stronger site, right? So I think we hit a case like that where brands will always have the advantage because they have more links. You know, they have stronger sites. They have more SEOs doing more content. Do I think that there's a lot of room to play? I think, yeah, there is. And in the end of the day, Google's trying to make sure you have the best answer. So do they have an advantage? Yeah, because they got the manpower. But if I'm going to provide the best answer and I provide the best content, I actually just saw it in an audit that I was working on for, for a client just yesterday where it was somebody, they came out of nowhere and they're battling a brand. And my client's the brand and I can see it. I can see where the drop happened. And it's like, yeah, that was like five days after that person put out a better piece of content on a technical issue. And, and Google figured that out very rapidly, that that was new and yours was a couple years old. And it's technology. And so you're losing now against, you know, you're a big brand and they're not. But Google knows that their content's better. So they win. Um, so I do think there's a client, lot of room. The brand, now that you've spotted the issue, they got the muscle to throw at it. Oh, sure. We're already working on it. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, there is that. But. You know, if you don't catch that, like Google wasn't trying to reward them because they're a brand. Now they're going to be able to react better because they've got a bigger budget than this other site does. But, um, you know, and they can put out better content. It's like, oh, okay, Google likes their content better. Okay, let's do that times 10. And now we have the best. <laughs> so, yeah, and let's keep it fresh. Okay, yeah, let's keep it evergreen. <laughs> like, let's do that. It's technology. Um, so that's the discussion we're having. And they do have the manpower to keep that up. So, yeah, they they will win in the end, but it's not because they're a brand. Because they're a brand, they have the resources. But Google's not rewarding them because they're a brand because a small site came out of nowhere and took thousands and thousands of visitors a day away from them with one article. Okay, and you know what? We're going to have to leave it on that. We are not going to get to talk about uh, accelerated mobile pages today because we're out of time. But, Dave, I think you might have just given the most succinct definition of what SEO is in 2016. Brains and muscle. <laughs> okay, that's our goodbye music. So, um, next week is going to be our very last episode of 2015. We're going to be doing a review of 2015, what was searched in 2015, big moments that came up and big moments in our show. But until then, we're going to have to leave you with, uh, well, with, a, with a reminder to stick around to Webmaster Radio after news. going to be some great content. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, it's Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Again, stick around, friends. Great content after the news.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.